SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. And welcome to Sega Talk. I'm your host George, and with me is Barry. Hello, and welcome to Sega Talk. And this episode is number twenty. Can you believe it? We made it up to a solid number twenty. That's it. Wow. It's over. Done. Bye, gone. guys. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Comic Zone. You, some of you guys might have heard of this game. It was a Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive game, but let me tell you guys the description of this game on Wikipedia so we could get started. So, this is what it's described as Comic Zone is a 1995 beat em up video game developed and published by Sega. Technically, it was developed by Sega uh, Technical Institute for mm-hmm. the Sega Genesis. An unusual feature of the game is that it is set within panels of a comic book. With dialogue rendered within talk bubbles and sprites and backgrounds processed with bright colors and dynamic drawing style favored by superhero comics. This style has been used in video games previously. For example, Ocean Software's Batman The uh, Cape Crusader in 1988. But Comic Zone stretched the idea to such an extent that Sega applied for and was granted a patent for video game system for creating a a simulated comic book game. Uh, how did you first hear about Comic Zone, and what was your first impressions of the game growing up? I heard about it through ads in probably Archie Sonic comics. The The game itself, I feel, was really heavily advertised. I don't remember commercials for it. Did they have commercials? They must have, yeah. I don't know if they had commercials. I don't remember any commercials for the game, uh, but I, I, well, go on. I mean, I just don't remember the commercials if there was. Yeah, I, I don't remember any commercials. I just remember it being heavily advertised, and I remember renting it. Mm. And I'm sure we'll get into this in a little bit, but it's one of those games where I think many people have seen the first, like, screen, mm. and I don't think many people have seen much else. <laughs> So yeah, and the game's not that long, but it's just that like beating the first level, maybe I could see a lot of people getting to, but I feel like a lot of people gave up right after that. Right, exactly. And uh, you want me to tell you about my first ex- impressions in uh, growing up with this game? Please. Uh, so the first time I ever played this game, this is one of those games. You know when when you used to go to like Toys R Us, you know a thing that does not exist anymore. Yeah. Um, they used to have the little slips, right? And you used to be able to look at the games. And this is one of the games that I was pretty... I liked the way it looked, the comic book cover that kind of spoke to me. And this is back in the 90s where, like, the extreme comic book era was taking over where Image Comics, Spawn, um, Young Blood, and uh, really, I guess, now considered terrible comics that ruined comics at the time. But when I was a kid, I was all into this extreme style, and that kind. And this game reminded me of that. And then one time, they finally had it to like play at uh, at Toys R Us, mm-hmm. and the game blew my mind. Like the art style, exactly like a comic book come to life. I never seen that in the game. Like I play those Batman games and stuff, but it's not anywhere near the like style the Comic Zone had. So the number one thing, in my opinion, in this game, 
that I guess made it nostalgic for a lot of people and let it live on so many years. I think it's the art style. If the art style was crap, I don't think people would remember it today because uh, a lot of the game, it's hard. It's not even really even. I know it's uh, categorized as a beat 'em up, but to me, it's more of a puzzle game and mm-hmm. uh, trial and error kind of game. Right. Because like uh, to get past a lot of the bosses, you have to figure out how to beat them. But yeah, um, let's talk about development for the game. The game Comic Zone started life as a concept uh, animated video by Peter Marwick. Uh, it was titled Joe Pen- Pencil Trapped <laughs> in the Comic Zone all the way back in 1992, which uh, showed ideas of the gameplay and comic book elements. According to Peter, uh, this is an interview from Sega16.com. Uh, it's actually a really good interview, so if you guys haven't read this interview, he also talks about Comic Zone 2, which we'll talk about later but um this is what he said about coming up with the concept of game many of my sti co-workers were uh adamant uh comic fans and we would often uh, often tag along with them to the local bay area comic book shops i felt that comics and games were very complimentary and worked up a demo animation on my amiga which i played for roger and other execs during one of those green light presentations. Both Roger and Tom Kalinske really liked it. So it was fairly easy to sell. The interesting thing about the animation is that it was created prior to Sonic Spinball. It was one of my first Amiga demos of this sort. When Spinball became a priority, the comic zone concept was put on hold, which in the game biz often means canceled. However, after Spinball was finished, STI demoed the, a number of concepts to management, including Comic Zone again. Tom Kalinsky remembered it from an earlier presentation and pretty much requested the STI move forward with it. It was a strong, it was as strong of a green light as a designer could have hoped for. Uh, have you ever watched this Joe Pencil uh, animated sketch, which is on YouTube, and you can watch it here? Uh, what do you think about it, uh, and what do you think about the changes they made for Joe Pencil compared to Sketch Turner? Well, they definitely changed the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I watched it right before we recorded, and um, I'm looking at it again now just for some refreshers on the uh, the change in the style. But yeah, it uh, it definitely improved, I think, in the final game. But as yeah. a proof of concept, I think it's... Uh, it's pretty cool looking. It looks more like a PC game to me. Yeah, and, it was made uh, on the Amiga, yeah. Right, right. And so it it looks cool, but the the finished product looks, in my opinion, much more amazing. Yeah, and one of the things you notice is that uh, Joe Pencil is more of a nerdy character. Um, in the actual game, he's like a rock star slash comic book artist, and he's like pretty built. If you look right. at him, he's like in uh, good shape. And this one, he's like too skinny. His name is literally Joe P- Pencil, which is very more nerdy. It's right. compared to like Sketch Turner, which kind of gives you a more cool vibe to it. Um, I do think that they kind of kept a lot of the concepts of the panels and stuff. It's kind of crazy that they they kind of literally replicated this in a 2D pixel-based art style. And I, I thought, yeah, like you said, though. It looks a lot better in the actual game. Yeah. So, let's talk about the game's story. So, yes, this game had a story to it. <laughs> and I and I for 
the time period, uh, this story was a lot more complex than, I guess, more games that I played at the time. Like, did those uh, other comic book games like Spider-Man and Batman have huge stories? No. you're uh, To me, for what I've noticed, it was you're Batman, you're beating up these people, and that's it. Uh, this game tried to have, and it, well, we'll talk about it right now. There might be some spoilers in this section of the story, but uh, oh. the plot concerns Sketch Turner, a cartoonist, that during an unusual thunderstorm becomes trapped in his own comic book, while Mortus, the villain of his uh, story, is flung out of it. Inside the comic book, he meets General Alyssa Cyan. Oh, play on words. Who believes he's a superhero that came to save the post-apocalyptic world from evil? In the real world, Modus uh, would literally draw new enemies on pages of the comic book, trying to kill Sketch Turner, and so obtaining his real body to conquer the world with. <laughs> Sketch Turner would have uh, have to battle his way through the pages. His own his only help being his pet rat Roadkill, who was electrocuted during the thunderstorm, enabling him to zap enemies uh what do you think about the game's story it sounds insane yeah it's um, pretty insane and, and it also breaks the fourth wall right the idea yeah. i mean to me when i was a kid it terrified me at the fact that like okay when i was a little kid i always assumed because i'm an idiot right right that when you turn <laughs> off your video games the video games are still playing and getting better when it's off because i'm an idiot so the oh, idea wow. that like Oh man, this bad guy came out and put this guy, his own creation, inside a comic book. Like, can you imagine if I was sucked into a video game? Forget <laughs> about it, dude. But go wow. on. Wow. Um, uh, no, I th I thought it was cool that uh, when I was playing the game, you could stop and a cutscene would continue. So, like in the mm -hmm. first frame, he would be talking to that girl. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And typically, you just keep moving, but. I I don't think I've ever done this before, but I just stood there and watched the uh, dialogue play out. And I was surprised by how much story was in the game. Because what you just read is something you'd see in the manual. And yeah. as we know full well with Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, all those games, so much of the story is in the manual to the point where Sega of America could completely change what was going on like in a Japanese game and they wouldn't actually have to change anything in the uh, game itself because it was all in the manual but here like if you want to change if you want to localize comic zone or do something to it it's going to take a lot of effort because there's so much of the story integrated into the game which i thought was really really cool and again kind of plays off of the fact that i was saying it feels like a pc game almost because pc games would give you the story whereas i feel like console games a lot of them kept the story out of it oddly i don't know why yeah and uh i don't know if you knew about this but the game or the game was actually written by two people that worked at marvel comics at the time i actually looked them up their name is stephen bailing and michael stewart mm -hmm. uh, i looked them up and while they <laughs> made a big deal about them being marvel writers and helping with their comic book video game they only yeah. wrote like two issues and it's like during that time so i feel like they're one of those b writers at marvel and i mean i'm not saying they did a terrible job they right. really did make it feel like a, a, a comic book video game the writing i mean it wasn't the biggest thing but like 
when you progress through the game, I mean, the things that really blew my mind in the game was that they broke the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting for a game. Usually games understand their video games and they kind of leave it at that. This game mm-hmm. did the whole uh, fourth wall breaking, which, in my opinion, I think it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like the 90s had a lot of these, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me watching, like, Poltergeist or something where, like, oh... What happens if you get sucked into your TV and then it's like it became like a trend uh-huh. in uh, in media after that? But I also feel like that that the ending. I don't know if you uh, beat the game. Have you beat the game? There's two endings. I've never you know beat that, right. It. No, it's so hard. Yeah, it's it's hard. The only the only way I got it, I beat the game uh, without killing myself. It was uh, by <laughs> using safe states and dying and then coming back to the same exact spot because like. Dude, this game is so frustrating. You're gonna have to replay it hundreds of times. Like right. at least to me, that's how it felt like when I played it. But um, right. So there's one ending you get. I forget how you get. It. I think if you die once, you get it. Uh, where you sit, you don't save your girlfriend, and then the uh-huh. other, and then so what happens is a sketch turner in the end tries to get back into the fantasy or back into com- the comic zone so he could redo everything, and then save his girlfriend and it kind of reminds me of the whole like the flash well this came out after this this story but the flash did the same thing he goes back in time to save his mom but there's like negative consequences so there's like Mm -hmm. a cycle of that right so this whole thing where you don't save your girlfriend so you restart the game by and then sketch turner forces himself to get back to the comic zone which makes you restart the game again to get the true ending I thought that was pretty interesting and pretty smart of the developers to do. That was that's actually cool. My, that's my favorite part of the story that blew my mind. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Like, But let's talk about the characters, the three main characters. So the first protagonist we have is Sketch Turner, the game's protagonist. He's a comic book artist and rock musician and is working on the comic zone. Sketch is hurled into the comic zone by Mortis. Mortus, is that how you say his name? And must Mortis. fight... <laughs> Uh, must fight his way by defeating anything in his way. He briefly transformed into a superhero alter ego. After reaching the end of each page, his superhero meter fills up as he makes progress. What do you think about Sketch Turner and his amazing 90s <laughs> ponytail? I think it's awesome. I I mean I'm surprised we aren't talking about the ponytail for most of this episode, but um, yeah, but he he has a very like grungy look. Like you could tell yeah. they were influenced by. He's basically a buff Kurt Cobain. Yeah, and I mean he kind of looks like comic writers at the time, comic artists, because I remember looking at the old uh, Archie Sonic comics, and my favorite artist Spaz looks like this guy. He's kind of bulky. Uh, like it looks like he works out, yeah. And like I love the guy, but I feel like maybe he's like I do comics. I need to lift weights so I don't look like you know Joe Pencil, and Joe. so uh, yeah. And he kind of dresses like this too, and he's got the ponytail, so I think that's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I, I can yeah, no, I can see I like a it. lot of I can see a lot of this look being popular in the nineties. You know, the grudge era. This is right. basically. And they even made a grudge album, which we'll talk about when we talk about music. But Oh, I can't wait. Sketch Turner really does fit the times. Um, there was a story that came out that Sega of Japan hated Sketch Turner and hated the, the look because they didn't understand it. And that, like, 
the developers of the game were like, oh yeah, we know we did a good job when Sega Japan hates it. So there you go. Uh, oh, it's yeah. Elisa Sion, a general of the New World Empire. She is confronted. She was confronted by Sketch in the command center when she when he lands in front of her. Elisa believes Sketch is the chosen one and sends him on a mission against alien forces. Uh, what do you think about this character and her design? I think she's fine. Uh, she's kind of forgettable, to be really? honest. Really? I mean, I don't know. I, I, the only thing that really got me with her because she didn't really have that much of a story. I, so I think the issue with her is that they, she just shows up in the front. She's like, hey, dude, uh, you're the chosen one. Oh, all right. And that's it? Really? That's her, yeah. own, that's her only character? I did right. like her design, but like... Outside of her design, it feels like she has more character, but she doesn't really show it at all in this game. Mm-hmm. So that's my issue with her. I did, th- I thought it was interesting that she was like, I- I'm not gonna, I don't know if she's black or uh, Filipino or like or uh, or Hispanic or whatever, but like her haircut looks like pretty modern haircut that most girls have uh, nowadays. So yeah, that's I mean, that's something that got me. She's got like a Trinity kind of matrixy thing going on. Yeah, um, and the last character, main of the of the main three characters, is Roadkill. Oh yeah, Sketch Turner's pet rat in the real world. Sketch finds him teleported into the comic book world and trapped in a cage where you rescue him. Tails, uh, Roadkill's tail was grazed during lightning storms. Well, so you can electrify enemies. What do you think about Roadkill and the? Because like. I don't know if everybody goes through this phase, but when I was a kid, I think I really wanted a rat pet, and <laughs> having one in the video game was pretty cool since my mom hates rats. I couldn't get one. <laughs> but if I did, I would name him Roadkill. What about you? Uh, I didn't want a rat. I was bit by a, a mouse oh, at our school. Oh, you didn't get any superpowers? I didn't get anything, so I don't want to... I don't want to... No, why would I want that? But I think in the game, I think it's cool. It's, uh, again... To go back to it, it's very like PC point and click adventure kind of thing where you use it to solve puzzles and attack people. And oh um, yeah, and I mean we have the the item system we haven't even talked about really. So yeah, that that's a part of the gameplay. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, it was a neat addition. Now you don't need to rescue him, or do you have to? I'm trying to remember if it's optional. I don't know if it's optional because I never not rescued him because, I mean, if you have him, he basically gives you items for free because you could pull him out and then you could put him on the ground and then he'll sniff around. Right. And so you'll get items that you basically need. You can't get very far without looking at for all the items, really. Um, and knowing what takes damage and what's the best way to get out of each panel. So mm-hmm. I feel like Roadkill gives you a shortcut to that. So I kind of feel like you have to if you want to beat the game but maybe somebody's going to tell us that you don't what do you think of uh, roadkill's design (laughs) he's a rat (laughs) he looks he look they nailed it i mean yeah honestly that's what i usually think what a rat looks like was uh roadkill yeah uh as for the as for the gameplay uh while comic zone is considered by many a beat-em-up game every single week of pedia entry has it as a uh beat-em-up game it, is, it isn't really your typical beat-em-up game since the ga- game relies heavily on trial and error while its combat really isn't the game's main po- uh, focus point. Uh, first, it isn't multiplayer like most mainstream beat-em-up games like Streets of Rage. 
And to complete the game, you would have to figure out the weaknesses of each boss by trying different items. And even getting those items sometimes is a little harder. Uh, what are your thoughts on some people labeling Comic Zone a beat-em-up game instead of something like a puzzle game? Which we kind of talked about right now that the game feels mm. like a PC point-and-click puzzle game. But on console. So what do you think right. about that? Yeah, I... I wouldn't say it's a beat em up because they really they put you in a room or a panel, you fight one or two guys, and then they allow you to move on. And yeah. to me, a beat em up, I mean, beat em ups do that, but for me, a beat em up is a lot more like wave after wave of enemy coming, battling your way through to make it across the screen. Um, this one's more like, like you said, it's kind of like a puzzle. It's part puzzle game, part uh, like adventure game. I'd say it's more of an adventure game because mm-hmm. it has elements of puzzles. It has elements of um, you know like combat without it being an RPG. Yeah. And so yeah, and I mean, you, you, like you were saying, like you look at a lot of PC games. You even look at um, I'm trying to think. What's that one where the guy lands in the woods and he wakes up? It's on Sega CD. Uh, Flashpoint or flashback? Flashback, flashback. kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Where again, it's very difficult, and there's puzzles you need to solve and enemies you need to defeat to pass through. But yeah, yeah, I'd say adventure. Maybe it just didn't exist at the time. Yeah, like know. it's really hard to label this as a like beat 'em up game. Like if you play the game and you first play it. You'd probably be like, all right, I died, I fell down the hole or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. this, this game literally has a hole where you die and that's it. Um, and then you'll, you'll just think it's a beat-em-up game because technically the game does have fighting in it. But the fighting, to, to me, just feels like it's just obstacles in the way. Like, you don't even have to... Like, you could... It's not in your best interest to hit stuff. Like, just going crazy and hitting things, you'll not, you're not going to beat the game. Because, like, right. hitting garbage cans in your way... That's uh that's some uh neg- that's some negative health on you right there. And you're it's... literally have to save every single bit of health that you have in this game to beat it. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say yes. And this game is also known for using the 6 button controller. This is one of the games that used uh the, the top two buttons for uh, three buttons on the mm-hmm. Sega 6 button controller to use for items. You could play without it. Uh, did you know about the six button uh, configuration, and did you play with six buttons or three buttons when you played it? You know, I didn't know about it because I'm pretty sure when I rented it, I only had my three button. I since got a six button, and it was a, I exclusively used it. However, I've mainly played Comic Zone in compilations since then. Mm. Um, I know it was on the Mega Collection. It's in a I lot of for, them, and I, I yeah. even listed all the ports, and we're going to talk about those later, so it's going to yeah, be... Yeah, really- yeah, but um, I, I think what really actually got me to re- realize it was a six-button game was Sega Forever, because um, I was away for the weekend, and so to catch up on Comic Zone, I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't bring a Nomad, I didn't bring a like a emulator or anything, and I was like, wait, I've got my phone, I could play Sega Forever... And I brought up Comic Zone, so that's a good advertisement for them, I guess. And uh, I do agree with you. Like, um, yeah, like Sega Forever. I don't know. Did you play it with a touchscreen or a controller pad? Touchscreen. And did you? Can you? Did you get far on it? I got to the death pit. 
Okay, that's a lot better than I would have done. I just can't yeah. take the, the, the touchpad. I do like the Sega Forever actually supports controllers, but as for me, as for the six-button controller, uh, I knew when I bought one, when I bought a six-button controller, first mm. thing I did was try every single game. So, right. <laughs> so that was my thing. Everybody, I was like, all right, it works on Street Fighter. And then I was training every single one, and I'm, I, it made this game a lot easier because you you don't have to cycle through them or, or hope that you hit the right one. You can just press it, and it lines up with the on-screen uh, items. So right. it made using items a lot easier. I do like it, and I recommend it for those. But let's talk about the in-game's music. Uh, yes. Since Sketch Turner was a rock musician, obviously uh, music is very important. They had a uh, Howard. How do you say is this guy's last name? Drossen. Drossen. That's kind of what I, I. Who worked on Sonic Spinball, Sonic and Knuckles, The Ooze, Die Hard Arcade, and his latest work with Sega was Sonic and the Black Knight. He also wow. worked on the Jackie Chan movie, The Protector. So it's a good mm-hmm. movie. Go watch it. Um, he did the music and sound effects for the game. What do you think about the in-game soundtrack? Not the one he did we're going to talk about later, but yeah. the in-game soundtrack and the game sound effects. I thought it was awesome. It's a great sounding game. And they get you in the mood right from the very beginning with that uh, dialogue. Oh, where it's yeah. like a kind of Elvis going, Sega. I was going to bring that. This is one of the games that has one of the most, I guess, unique... Sega intros, uh, Sega intros yeah. used to be unique in, on the Sega Genesis quite a bit. It was kind of like mm-hmm. a staple. I thought this is one of the most um, iconic ones or ones that really stuck with you because it was so different. Yeah. Um, it, it really made you feel like, oh yeah, this is, uh, you know, like you're one, two, you're right away. Let's, it's a take, right? You're getting into the game kind of like you're, it's, you're going in front of a show and they're just counting down for you. Uh, like you're the performer. What do you? Uh, I like that one. Yeah, that's one of my yeah. favorite intros. Uh, yeah. What do you think about probably the number one most listened to track, the <laughs> title screen and the first level? Right, you would say those are the ones you heard the most. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I thought they sounded awesome. Um, you know, I, I I know one of the reasons you picked this this comic zone because uh, you know on our Patreon we do have a tier where people can pick and we have um, two people. Uh, Danny and I think her name's Lisa. I have to say I have to get her name right because we do. We should start thanking her because uh, they've uh, they've st- they just started backing these two, and um, so Danny picked our last game. And I think he's going to pick our next one. But this one I asked you to pick a game that was on the Sega Genesis Mini, mm-hmm. and you picked this game. And I was going to say with the you were talking about the controller. That's kind of. I mean, it's not unfortunate because it's totally playable with three button. It but, is. Um, it is. It is. Um, but it gives you a reason to get the six button. However, I think another great reason that the Sega Genesis Mini is, from what we've heard and seen, uh, is really good in the audio department, um, is this game. Because if you were to create... Okay, so if Sega were to go and have at games make mm-hmm. the Genesis Mini and put Comic Zone on it, that would sound so bad. Oh yeah! Like, yeah. I don't even. I want to. I want to hear what my at games does with that intro. I bet it's terrible. I bet it's like Sega, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, man, yeah. But I, I thought the music was great, very rockin', uh, memorable. 
suits the game really well. And um, yeah, I have no complaints. I thought the music was was really awesome. If you guys did not know, the game's soundtrack is different, but Howard uh, Drossen actually did a full soundtrack with a band called Roadkill, obviously named after the in-game rat pet. Uh, this actually came as a bonus CD for the Sega, uh, the Sega Mega Drive version in Europe. Uh, in America, the PC version came with the soundtrack, but not the Sega Genesis version. We'll talk about what we got in the U.S., but, uh, have you ever heard, uh, it's basically a grunge version, so they take tracks from the in-game, like the title music and stuff, and they make it into grunge, a grunge song. Where, with an actual huh. band, guitars and everything, and vocals. Uh, they I've did, never heard it. They did release it on uh, Sega Tunes as a CD series. Uh, this used to be an old CD series where they did like the Vector Man soundtrack in America. Some of these have gotten kind of rare, but yeah, I have the Sega Tunes CD of it. Um, oh, nice. Uh, it is... I liked I liked it, but it's not the best grunge you've ever heard in your life. It's uh, it's it's a cool release. It should have came with the game, or at least as a like promo for the Sega CD kind of like, because you know on the Sega Genesis you could play a Sega Genesis game and then yeah. put the CD and then it'll play the music from the CD instead of the cart. That would have been cool to have like being That's able to play right. with a grunge. Yeah, they didn't do that. But and, and it even came out in 1995 when the Sega CD was already out, right? For a couple of years. Yeah, you know, that's funny you should mention that because that was something... Wasn't the first game to actually do that pure solar? That's what I'm saying. That game did yeah. it. But no other game did that before, right? And No, they, had, they didn't. And I remember when pure solar came out, I was like, why didn't Sega do this? And now that I think about it, they were bundling a CD with Comic Zone there was technology that totally could have done this and they didn't do it. I always thought, cause it would have been a smart way to get around the whole making a Sega CD version of a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just put the, uh, C- the CD packed in, right? Yeah. So that's kind of, I don't know. It's a missed opportunity. <laughs> that would have been big. awesome. Imagine yeah. that would have been a great promotion for it. It's like an actual band is playing the game and there's like two ways to play it. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. But yeah. Shame. Instead, in America, since we... we it, The American version of Comic Zone actually did come with an extra CD, but it was actually, in America, uh, a sampler disc by American Recordings, which is a uh, publishing uh, uh, label. And mm. they basically had uh, bands such as Danzig, Jesus, and the Mary Chain, Chain yeah. and uh, Lords of Acid. And... Uh, so this is what uh, the creator of the game had to say about it. Uh, we were supposed to have a different CD bundled bundled in. Originally, a Comic Zone music re-recorded by a grunge band, Howard, put together in L.A. with vocals and all. But marketing decided to do their own thing at the last minute. We were all pretty bummed about it, Howard in particular. The original CD was still actually made in a limited run and distributed with some magazine as a promo. If I remember correctly, uh, so what are your thoughts about like Sega recording a band? Like, let's be honest, there's no way that Howard and as a composer just went and recorded these tracks with a band and they didn't get paid. So right. they got paid for this recording. 
And then Sega decided, no, we're going to actually put a sampler disc for another band. <laughs> other bands, for no reason. That's It's idiotic. And it's something we've seen Sega of America do plenty of times. If you remember um, when Jet Set Radio was coming over here, they were like, uh, can you add some American levels and add some American music to it? And hey, let's put a music sampler out. And you know Hideki Naganuma and Richard Jacques and uh, all those great artists who actually have music from the game? Let's not put them on the sampler disc. Let's put Rob Zombie and Jurassic 5 and Mixmaster Mike and a bunch of music that's not actually in the game. It's just like they've done this before. They did this in the Dreamcast era. They did this in the Saturn era. They did that rock painting CD, which was really stupid. It, I don't understand what the point of this is. It's like, um, are people going to listen to Danzig and go, man, I really need a sampler disc with a new Danzig That makes no song. sense. Why are you advertising these bands that have nothing to do with the game and you just threw out the whole concept was the character in the game has a rock band and it's coming with an album from the character in the game it's like i thought the soundtrack the whole when i when i found out about the soundtrack like i i didn't find out till the game was out for a while that there was a band right. soundtrack in the early 2000s when i oh there's a soundtrack i went on the internet looked for it found it and then i found out about the sega tunes things i bought all the ones i could find and yeah. i listened to it and i was like it would have been even more mind-blowing knowing that the game breaks the fourth wall right Knowing that, like, the ending right. is that, that Sketch Turner tries to get back into the comic zone, you know, the bad ending, to come back yeah. in, like, th this is an actual world, and you even have his CD that his band recorded, like, he's a real person. That, right. that would have been a lot more, like, you know, tie the package together, as they say. It is pretty sad that it didn't happen, but that would have been cool marketing, uh, uh, I guess, a marketing gimmick. Uh, DC yeah. has this new, um, or they did this comic called The Multiversity, which basically the whole concept of the comic is if you read the comic, it opens up a portal to our world where all these bad events that are happening in this in, in these comics are going to happen to you in this world. It's kind of like right. that kind of. Like, don't play this game because this might happen to you kind of a thing. <laughs> that would have been a cool promo, but uh, oh well. No. Let's, let's talk about the game's different ports, which... The game actually had quite a bit of ports throughout the years yeah. since it has a lot of fans on the internet. The first port came right away. Comic Zone was ported to Windows 3.1 way back in 1995 by Sega PC, which Sega PC was actually a sub, uh, subsidiary of Sega. Comic mm -hmm. Zone was actually the first game to use WinG graphics library for a game, yeah. Which uh, was quickly discontinued in favor of DirectX, which is now the mainstream language. The uh, the only piece of software to use WinG graphics before Comic Zone was Adobe Photoshop 3.0 uh, 3.0 in 1994. Uh, do you remember Sega PC and did you ever try this port of uh, Comic Zone? Oh, I I remember Sega PC very well. I never played any of the games, but. I remember seeing the ads for it, and I just thought it was kind of wild that Sonic the Hedgehog was on the PC. Yeah. And um, I remember they had a kid's meal for, I think it was Jack in the Box, and hearing that Comic Zone was part of that, that's a shame that they didn't make a Sketch Turner uh, 
like kids meal toy because they made Bug and they made I forgot who else they made they made Sonic Knuckles Bug Echo that's the other one and I feel like they really could have replaced that Knuckles with Sketch Turner because if you've ever seen that Knuckles toy yeah it's not good but um, (laughs) but that's interesting that's cool I like the Sega PC lineup people don't think yeah Panzer Dragoon the original was uh, Sega PC as well correct yeah that's right Um, and also Virtual Fighter I think I do remember yeah. that uh, when I was in, um, I, I don't remember, like maybe middle school when I had typing class, the teacher, right. like one of the things he would let us do was play Sega PC games because he had some of them on the <laughs> PC because uh, I'm assuming it's because the PCs were old and the, these used WinG graphics or, uh, you know, uh, older video cards or whatever. So right. he had them. He also had like... Um, he also had an Atari, but I didn't want to play an Atari when you could play Sega. Come on, dude. What's up, what's up with that? Right. <laughs> uh, he didn't have Comic Zone, so I never played Comic Zone on PC, but I'm assuming it's the same thing. I think they had like a, a, a different picture in the beginning, like uh, art, but I think it's mostly the same thing. But um, the game also got recreated for the Game Boy Advance, uh, which only received a European release back in September 11, 2002. What a... What a morbid way to celebrate the first year anniversary of september 11th mm, uh, right. which was developed by virtual craft and uh published by sega the uh the game got fans upset because they changed some of the in-game music uh, obviously oh. the uh has worse frame rate too than the genesis version and the screen size really makes it unplayable apparently have mm. you played this game boy release of comic zone and what are your thoughts is this a viable port no, I mean, I haven't played it, but that sounds awful, and it sounds... I mean, they did this with Sonic 1 as well. They released a really terrible Game Boy Advance version. Oh, um, yeah. All the ports, like... For a long time, Sega was, like, releasing these, like, THQ slash ports where it was, like, Choo Choo Rocket was fine, uh, and then they did, like... Choo Choo Rocket was great. And then they yeah. did uh, Jet Set Radio 1, which is kind of strange. Uh, like, all these games where you're, like... Should you be porting these to Game Boy Advance? Yeah, and they're doing yeah. them anyway. But yeah, I never played this one either. Uh, I don't think I want to. I think there's um, a lot of cool Game Boy Advance games that work on it. Uh, some of my favorites, my favorite games uh, are on the Game Boy Advance. But I don't mm-hmm. want to play Comic Zone on there. No. Uh, let's talk about some other uh, collections. This game, how you could play this game. Uh, the game was unlockable in the Japanese release of Sega Mega Collection and then was later unlockable in Sonic Mega Collection Plus Worldwide if you had mm-hmm. a Sonic Hero save or you started the games 50 times. Good <laughs> luck with that. The game was yeah. also part of the Sega Mega Drive Collection for the PS2 and PSP. The game was also part of the of Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection in 2010 on the PS3 and 360, which in my opinion was probably one of the coolest re-releases because i mean you got like 50 games remember that that was crazy it was a great release and i think it was the last time we had uh sonic 3 and sonic and knuckles i think oh my god it's been that long it's almost gonna be a decade dude can you believe that yep and yep. Uh, oh my god they, we gotta the sega hasn't fixed that and uh yeah i remember my number one complaint of the sonic's ultimate genesis collection was that they literally just tacked on sonic's name on the front for no fucking reason dude that pissed me off so much i don't know why <laughs> But uh, it was a, it was a decent collection. If you guys have it, uh, it has safe states. Is this the one that also had the interviews? I think so. Yeah, yeah. 
I wish they would do more of that. I, I really love those interviews. And it's crazy because I feel like now that they have a YouTube channel, Sega, they could really right. promote these re-releases by interviewing the old people to like kind of go, go back, right? But what it, it is what it is. Uh, the it game is. also got a digital release on the Wii Virtual Console, Xbox Live Arcade, PSN, and iOS and Android via Sega Forever, like you said. Recently, mm-hmm. the game was announced as one of the 42 titles to ship on the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive Mini. And uh, out of all these uh, things, like, it was never part of the Sega Ages collection. So, M2, no. this is the first time M2's touching this game. And uh, wow. I, you could tell, like, M2 is very into the Japanese releases of the... Um, of like Japanese arcade games, like do you yeah. think they really care about Co- Comic Zone? Do you think they would have picked it if they ha- if they had to choose themselves? I I mean I don't know I I think they probably once they started playing it they enjoyed it but yeah I could see it wouldn't be like their first choice there were their their first choice would be some like shoot 'em up we've never heard of like a space shooter like, and they'd be like oh this is a classic we just spent uh, a thousand years recreating it on the Master System enjoy. <laughs> You know. We remade the game from the ground up. That's how that's how important this game is for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, uh, so talking about M two collections, like they do this thing where they remix stuff, um, and they kind of make it the game easier. What do you think? There's some stuff they could add on here that would make the game, I don't know, more bearable for a new audience or uh, mm. extras that could, I don't know, take it to the next level for a Sega Ages re release if they ever did it. Uh, I think the ability to continue from where you died a bit easier like that that death pit i don't think that should have been an instant death um also the health bar going down when you punch barrels i would turn that off (laughs) yeah yeah, i think that's a really bad idea because you have to punch them you do yeah um and it doesn't make sense because okay so the guy's from the real world he goes into the comic world when you go into the comic world shouldn't the rules not apply to the real world we're know. talking about fantasy here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, see, I, I would love to see like co- more of the story. Like, I, I actually kind of like the world. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, I mean, it's not like they they had a breathtaking story, but having some more dialogue options and uh, maybe some intro comic book panels where, like, you know, I don't know, they they, they set up the story a little more instead of like, hey man, you're the chosen one, go beat this thing up. All right. That would be pretty cool, but yeah, yeah. Uh, which one out of the, all these versions? I mean, there's so many. Do you recommend to play on? Do you recommend the original Mega Drive? Do you recommend playing uh, it uh, on one of these collections, or uh, maybe the Sega Genesis Mini because it's coming out? Why not? Yeah, I would say in order. Number one is the original. Obviously, original hardware. You're not going to run into anything that's going to be unlike what it was when the game released. Um, second option, I would say the like Ultimate Genesis Collection. I think that's a really, really good one. And third, just because it's not out yet, I would say the Genesis Mini. But once it comes out, that's probably your number two, right there. Um, I hope M two. I know M two's not doing like crazy extras on these, but from what I've heard, they're the the widescreen options. They're not just stretching it; they're actually kind of moving the HUD around and stuff. Ooh. So, hopefully, this game looks really good at widescreen. And uh, yeah, I, I. But I mean, 
you really can't go wrong with any of those three. Um, the PS2 one, I haven't... I own that, but I haven't played it. I'll have to check that out. But um, I'm sure it plays fine. Uh, I would say anything that has safe state, because, like, uh, this game is so annoying. Like, I do understand people... Like, a lot of people tell me that safe state is too easy, and you have to be a hardcore gamer and replay things over and over again. And I'm like, sometimes it's frustrating as hell playing a game over and over when you have so many games you want to play in your life that it's like come on man sometimes i want to get to the end and see the end if i'm going to use safe state what does it matter if i got to a point right so i I would suggest with safe state don't be ashamed play the game and enjoy it (laughs) sometimes replaying the same thing over and over again for hours is not fun sorry sorry people (laughs) um yeah let's talk about the sequel right Comic Zone has become a cult classic with Sega fans. Uh, that means they started demanding a sequel, right? Name mm-hmm. one Sega game. If somebody is going to demand a sequel for it, uh, and uh, apparently the game actually had a sequel planned for years on the Sega Saturn. This is according to the creator Peter Marwick. He said Comic Zone hadn't performed as well as we all hoped. The PlayStation One stole our thunder. And Sega was focusing on launching the Sega Saturn. Adrian Howard and I decided to move to LA and develop games for Sega as an independent studio. However, Roger and Shinobu, Shinobu, uh, Se- Shinobu? Uh, Sega of America Vice President, convinced us to stay with Sega and help us establish a satellite STI office in Burbank, where we were tasked on producing a Sonic game for the Saturn which is not to be confused with Sonic Extreme. We created mm. interesting technology and designs, but ultimately Naka didn't improve, approve. So that was it. During that time, I also created some concepts for a 3D-based comic zone, but nothing ever came to be. And if mm. you're looking at the screen, you can look at the actual concept that he pitched, which shows yeah. our boy Sketch Turner in a 3D kind of self-shaded look going into a comic then landing with the camera behind his back with some sort of cel-shaded look or early cel-shaded look uh, mm-hmm. what is your ideas of this and do you think going 3d was the right idea especially on the sega saturn i i don't know if it was would be a bright idea on the saturn but i think this would work really be- really well on the dreamcast mm. i think it would be awesome if they made a hybrid 3d 2d game because i don't think many of those exist where like the same character exists in polygons and then becomes a two-dimensional sprite yeah i think that would be really cool with the cell shading it might be cool to like for example imagine if the uh the um the menus and the um overworld map is 2d and or i'm sorry yeah is 2d and you're like in the comic frames and then when you enter the comic like it has here it becomes 3d it also really reminds me of um super mario 64 when you go into a level yeah yeah. i think and it does that ripple effect it looks kind of like you know and it's like it makes me ripples go on it makes me wonder when they actually pitched this like they were saying they were already working on the sega saturn sonic game they obviously naka was like no way dude we can't have Sega Saturn cell cop uh, units. No way. Get this away from me. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. And so they pitched this. So I'm assuming it's been a, maybe even a year. I mean, you're developing new technology for something that's really hard to make. So yeah. 
this is one thing that really bothered me about the Sega Saturn thing. It's like, okay, cool, man. Comic Zone was one of the nicest looking 2D games with the coolest art style that was on the Sega Genesis. You would think mm-hmm. that you're going to make the sequel on a piece of hardware that's really, I guess, high-tech 2D. Why are you not keeping it 2D? I understand, I guess, at the time, everybody wanted 3D games, including Sega. was just wanted. Right. I, I, I'm pretty sure Sega of America would have been like, 2D, get this trash out of here. We don't want no more 2D games on this. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure just to even get it approved, it was 3D. But if I have to, as a fan... One Comic Zone 2, I would have wanted it uh, pixel-based mm. on the Saturn, very high-quality 2D. Uh, I thought right. it would do... It would do. I mean, I think this game would look great like that, but uh, mm-hmm. hey, that's just me. So, before we close this off, let's talk a little bit about the criticisms this game's faced over the years. So, uh, while the game is criticized by fans, if you look at the Metacritic, it's like around 82, 83... For, mm-hmm. And I know Metacritic doesn't mean a lot to our audience sometimes. They like to complain. But it is what reviewers have said in a, uh, I guess, in one score. So it's a, so 80, I would say, is pretty good. I mean, I would say it's an, uh, around an 80-ish game. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. It's a good game. Great game. Um, but it does have its issues. One of them is the length. The game is only three episodes long. Um, so you could basically beat it. Well, I mean, if you're superhuman and you know everything, you could beat it in like 20 minutes, if that. Mm-hmm. So wow. you think the game's too long, and maybe that's—I mean—that's why they made the game super hard, so you'll never get to the end. I think that's right. Yeah, that makes total sense, and it's a shame because I would much rather enjoy a really good 20, 30-minute game again and again and again than get frustrated in the first two minutes. And then be like, why did I do this? You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the other one is obviously the same complaint you made where everything hurts you and you have to figure out how to get through the map without getting hurt uh, as much. Yeah. So you have to play around with the panels. I thought that was interesting yeah. when I first played it. But for a person coming into this game and assuming that it's a beat em up, it's very frustrating because, like, anything you touch is a negative, right? So it just Absolutely, makes you think. Yeah. Like, stop punching and start thinking where, what way to go through the map. Um, so that's that. And the last one is the in, uh, bottomless pits. Mm. Do you think any of these things kind of disqualify it as a great game and maybe make it overrated now? Or do you think, yes, these things exist. Yes, these things were from the time. And yes, we could say negative things about it. But it, in the end... The game, I guess, shines all the positives with the music, the art style, the animation, uh, the story. That it's 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 okay. That you you're still yeah. it still deserves a score it got because of its time. I mean, I definitely think it deserves the score it got. I just think as time goes on, the game deserves to have some tweaks done to it. It's like Sonic One without the spin spin dash. Like, I'm one of those people who thinks the game's perfect without it, but as time went on, people are like, oh, did you see the uh, Taxman iPhone port? It added the spin dash. It makes the game better. I'm like, I'm all for that, because the more people that experience the game and find it more accessible, the better. So I I can tell from talking with you that uh, you're a big Comic Zone fan, yeah. but I, I think you'd agree if more people were enjoying this, you'd be even happier. But I think that's going to happen with the... Um, uh, 
the Genesis Mini, I think the save states are really going to help. And I think it being among those uh, 42 games is really going to make people appreciate it. They're going to be like, well, what? why does this game deserve to be among all these other titles? Well, let's find out. Uh, whereas something like Virtua Fighter 2 Genesis, I think a lot of people will be enjoying that come September and be like, why is this on here? I, so Why is it on there? I don't know. Like, did you... Yeah. Was that... Was Virtua Fighter 2 Genesis even that popular growing up? Like, I never played no. it until Sega started putting it in collections, so... I think it's just easy to put in collections. I guess so. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the potential sequel? Like, it's funny that we talk about this right now. Like, when I was reading this interview on Sega 16, which a lot of these quotes uh-huh. from uh, Peter Mar- uh, Marwick is from the Sega 16 interview, which you guys should check out. It's actually very good. He talked about how he doesn't really see a comeback for Comic Zone because comic books are not as popular as they were. And like we discussed in the 90s, comic books had like a comeback with Image. But now, comic books actually came back as movies. So it's kind of interesting that he said this before, but now comic books made a comeback. You think it's right. a, a time for Comic Zone, or you think it's a relic of the past that maybe Sega should just move on from? Uh, no, I think it's time for Comic Zone to make a return. I think comic books are big again. And I think gimmicks like this, people really like. Like, you look at Cuphead... And it's not a 1930s cartoon, but people can't get enough of playing a game that looks like a 1930s cartoon. So it's funny. You take something, yeah. You take something using like uh, 1080p graphics or something like that that look like pencil sketches. Now, um, I think people would love that. I think if they could make it look, I mean, you even look at um, Nintendo; they're doing that with the the yarn, epic yarn. You know, yeah, giving its own art style. Yeah, yeah. I think if they really went in and made this game look like real, real comic books to the point of um, maybe even real hands with pencils coming in, not that like still thing, but like actual human hands. And um, I'm trying to think, there was a game for Xbox. I think it was Connect um, Gunstringer. I think it was. Never played. Where it. you were a puppet. It's a great game, but they I think they used live-action footage of, like, uh, puppeteer hands and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a sequel, I would love to see it. I mean, I think it would have to be, like, a 2D, uh, the same ideas, have some puzzles, but mix it up. I think some of the ideas where they have action and puzzles is kind of a, mm-hmm. a pretty modern take on it. Because when you play stuff like Uncharted... Um, a lot of it is like you have your action scenes, then you have your climbing scenes, and then you have your puzzle scenes that break up all this stuff. And this game kind mm-hmm. of already did that, but they focused, I think, too much on the puzzles because I guess they couldn't get... They probably just ran out of time and budget. I mean, like they said, it was already late on the Sega Genesis when it came out. So I'm pretty right. sure there was a lot of rushing. But I feel like if they tried something as a digital title, it would be pretty interesting. Like, yeah, and like I, a Wonder I think... Boy 3 remake or something. I think it would be kind of cool if Sega did something like Lego Ideas, where they take maybe not user-submitted content, but um, Sega staff submitted ideas for games based on existing IP and call it like Sega. I don't. You know, I know you hate when I'm like making up stupid names, but like Sega Legacy, you know, Sega or something Legacy. like that. Sega or Sega Revival, Sega where Vintage. it's like like an internal, that. like an internal vote where they pitch 
revival IPs and then like vote on it and then bring back Comic Zone or bring in like smaller settings. So like make a new Fantasy Zone game. Um, I think that'd be cool. I mean, I think I'd prefer that to remasters. It's it's funny that like. We're saying this. Some people would say Comic Zone is unknown to the mainstream audience, so this is kind of a waste. But yeah. I think if you actually think that Comic... Like, I don't think Comic Zone is unknown. I think it's not as popular as, obviously, other franchises. So I would say as cult status. But, like, you want to see right. an unknown game. Uh, the company that did this, their last game before this was The Ooze. Nobody talks about The Ooze at all. That's, nope. in my opinion, that's unknown. Uh, yeah. This is, in uh, my opinion, cult classic. I mean, can it fail if they brought it back? Of course it can. Anything could fail. Cuphead could have failed. Right. I mean, I don't really see kids... I don't really see 1920s cartoons being that popular with kids. So that right. could have failed, right. but it didn't. Um, it didn't. So you never know. But uh, that's all I have yeah. to say about Comic Zone. What do you want to say before we close it up? Um, I'm looking forward to the Genesis Mini coming out and seeing people re-experiencing it. Um, I'm very happy that it will be presented like one-to-one with how it was remembered. And uh, I'm, I'm sad that the CD didn't get bundled in the U.S. I think that's one of the top ten stupid decisions of uh, Sega marketing, unfortunately. Like, why would you do that? Like, oh, boy. This is going to be something we can do. In future episodes, we'll discuss more bad decisions Sega has made. And I know you guys love watching us complain about Sega, so... No, we love Sega. We'll, we'll catch you guys next time on Sega Talk. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.